grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and come chill out with the four sisters. There's Sue, not the oldest, but the others think she kind of acts like she is. She's a critical care doctor who ran a hospital ICU, so maybe it's okay she's a little bossy. Amy's also a doctor who specializes in the lungs. Then there's Lisa, a former fashion photographer. Then there's Lori, the baby of the family, born more than a decade after the others. Their dad used to say she wasn't an accident, but the first three were. Lori's a six-time Emmy Award-winning TV reporter and your host. Take it away, Lori, before your sisters take over. Hi, everyone. This is Lori Stein, and welcome to episode six of the Four Sisters podcast. The Four Sisters podcast is now on iTunes, by the way. We're very excited, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an action-packed episode. I think everyone is really going to like this episode because we're going to get to the nitty-gritty, like the important questions. When do we resume our lives? When will the kids be back at school? Also, my doctor sisters, Amy and Sue, are both caring for coronavirus patients, and Amy happens to be one of the first doctors in the country to have the antibody test. Amy actually tested herself for the antibodies, and she's going to share those results with us today. And we're also going to have some great listener questions about which supplements to take. I really want to know which supplements are doctors taking themselves. And is it still not okay to take Advil, or maybe it's okay now? Who knows? And we're also going to share our favorite products that we can't live without during coronavirus time. Okay. Hi, sisters. Hi. Hi. Sue, what have you been doing this week? Amy hosted a Zoom Seder, and the four questions were over and over. Can you push the mute button? Those were the, was your husband making fun of all of us? Uh, I would say my family enjoyed it greatly. <laughs> what did you do in the hospital this week? We're very excited because we think that the um, Safer at Home uh, model is working, that people are staying home, and that we're not seeing the rise in cases that we expected. We're still worried about a surge and we're worried that people aren't going to stay home, but you know, it was slow and steady wins the race all week long. I just read that Texas is going to open things back up. Yeah. Well, we're not going to let those people into California. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge Good mistake. Luck. I mean, just look at New York to look at what an overwhelmed healthcare system looks like. And even in California, you know, we're, um, we have trouble getting to uh, the, the scheduled visits. So if you're due for your colonoscopy, it's being postponed. Well, let's just hope they weren't going to find anything because that's more time that the tumor has to grow. So even elective care can have a negative impact when it's delayed. Amy, you have the antibody test in your office? Yeah, so we got it on Tuesday. Um, I checked mine on Wednesday, and uh, it was negative. So that means- Negative for the antibody. For the antibody. So the IgM, which is the first antibody to rise after you get sick, and then the IgG rises later on and stays up for quite some time. We don't really know how long. And both of my tests were negative, so that means that I have not had the disease. I'm unfortunately not an asymptomatic- um, person who had the disease. And so I still have a chance of getting it just like everybody else. Were you kind of hoping that you had the antibody? It's sort of a weird oh, thing yeah. to hope for. I, was, I, I haven't been sick for months, which is kind of unusual for me. But um, yeah, I was hoping I would be positive And then I might have some protection from getting the disease, although we're not positive about that. No pun intended. 
<laughs> Do you think everybody should get the antibody test? I actually called my doctor and she had it and they offered it for Monday at 1 p.m., but I don't need it. I don't think I've been home. I don't really want to waste it and their time. But these are not as scarce as the coronavirus tests. Is that correct? Right. It's not as scarce as the PCR, which actually looks for actual virus in your body. Are, are, you had oh. it pretty, you got these tests pretty early. I mean, you had them on Tuesday. Yes. Yes, we were lucky. What, one of the problems is because these tests were approved so quickly by the FDA, we are not sure that the tests are, um, we're not sure how valid they are. We're not Wait sure a how minute. good they are. You've got, you've got tests and you don't, oh, that's kind of a problem. Well, that's the problem with everybody's test is that they really haven't been vetted. Like there's all kinds of rules and regulations. Like if you run, you know, a blood count or a chemistry test that's been available for a long time, this test is brand new. The FDA rushed it through. And so we're not sure if the test is as good as it says it is. So you could have people out there who think they have antibodies, but they really don't. And they're running Possible. around thinking they're like Superman, not going to get sick, and they could. Well, we're, we are telling people if they have a positive test that they still need to protect themselves as though they had a negative test because we don't know if they could get it again. And there's a series in South Korea, um, they're up to 90 cases last I read of people who seem to be positive and then negative and then positive again. And nobody knows um, whether they just might have kind of leftover findings of the disease from their initial infection or whether they might be getting the disease again. Sue, are you going to get the antibody test? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think I've had it, so I don't see why I'd bother to get the antibody. You know, it's possible that my hospital might start testing all employees, but I don't, I don't see that anytime soon. What you about know, you could the, have been an asymptomatic case? Right, I could have, but I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm not that curious that I would get tested now. Does the antibody test test for many different strains of the virus, or could somebody be infected with another strain of the virus later? Yes, that's that's possible. We don't really know. That's another great thing. Well, there's so much we don't know that we have to keep saying we don't know. And I, I keep telling my patients when they ask questions like this, I said, we, we don't know. And I tell them that the information really changes by the hour. Sometimes I, I check in on things in the first thing in the morning, and then I go about my work day, and I don't get to check in on much during the course of the day. And by the time I do later in the day, things you know have changed again. Right, like what mask you should wear. <laughs> right, or yeah. what medication to try, or um, yeah. you know, if somebody does seem to be sick with it, or about the testing. You know, um, in Los Angeles, we had testing available for people 65 and over, and they just, who had symptoms, and now they just opened it up, I believe it was yesterday, for people who are younger who also have symptoms, or have some kind of, um, you know, other medical no problem. Yeah. So I've got just one question for you guys. When is this going to be over? What month? What, what needs to happen? What's the benchmark? That's a really good question. And I, I think everybody would like to know the answer to that question. And 
I have to say, we just don't know. Our, uh, our stay in place in Los Angeles just got extended to May 15th. Um, but if you, if I had to guess, I would say that is too soon to, for people to start coming out of isolation, but I don't know. Yeah, they, um, they had these New York times published the four things that need to happen. One was that hospitals have to be able to safely treat all patients, uh, without restricting. They need to be able to test everyone who has symptoms. Um, and probably do contact tracing. So conduct uh, monitoring of confirmed cases and keep them home. And um, there must be a sustained reduction in cases for at least 14 days. So that's kind of what the New York Times was saying. Wuhan, you know, I look at Wuhan, it was, uh, it was 10, almost 11 weeks that they were shut down. So I think that's a good benchmark, although we didn't shut down as tight as Wuhan. I kind of think things, I think things won't go back to normal until we have a vaccine. I think the vaccine is going to be earlier than the 18 months, but Melinda Gates, who's overseeing the vaccine efforts, said it was going to be 18 months. So I don't know. So what would you say to somebody like me, somebody who's been home for, what is it, day 30? I don't know. Um, you know don't you have hash marks on your wall? Pardon? Don't you have hash marks on your wall? Yes. I would it's say like prison. I would say you're gonna, the lines. Yeah, would say you're going to need more toilet paper. This no, is I think she probably has months. enough. No, really. Yeah. I mean, when I call you and say when can I go out? I don't really mind being home, so you don't have to sugarcoat this for me, but when, what's your gut feeling? Uh when can you get your hair done? Is that the real question? Yeah. Um yeah. I think it's going to be at least another month. Like Amy said, at least till the end of May. Oh, that's not that bad. At least. I said at least. Okay. Because I thought it would be August maybe. I don't know. I think that, I think if with good social distancing, the cases are going to go down and then we can handle the onslaught at the hospitals. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about handling the onslaught at the hospital but I'm talking about your sister not getting sick. So I don't want to just be one of those numbers that gets sick, but, oh, don't worry, we got a ventilator for you. Like, there's a bed, don't worry. Like, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> really? So there's a couple of things. You're going to um, need more toilet paper. But then you could be the person that got better and has immunity. Okay, I don't want to so, be that person. Okay. I want to be the person who doesn't get coronavirus. Yeah. Well, one, one thing we ha- you have to remember is even though some people are asymptomatic, some people are really suffering with just very uncomfortable symptoms, aches and shortness of breath and chest tightness. Right, I don't and- want uh, fast heart rate and nausea and diarrhea and it's very unpleasant and it's for some people it's going on you know usually the flu is over in about a week give or take this seems to for some people it seems to go on for two three weeks easily of just symptoms off and on are you um, stressing the idea that we don't want to go out and get sick even if the hospitals can handle it Yes. Now here's a, here, so here's a couple of interesting things that have kind of come up over this week. One is that Stanford and some other institutions are going out and testing, you know, a whole bunch of people for the antibody to see how many people have actually had the disease. And so if, you know, obviously if enough people have had the disease either with symptoms or without, 
then we may have some herd immunity and then we have a better chance of keeping this thing in check. And so we don't, I don't know when those results are going to be ready, but I, I heard that they and some other um, institutions were out testing people today and, and that they'll have some results maybe in several days or a week or so. The other thing is if they come up with a medication that really helps to keep the disease from being a terrible and deadly disease, then that's going to be a game changer. So this week there were some rumors that ivermectin um, may actually be beneficial and may help to keep people from getting really sick. But is ivermectin, isn't like a, it for lice? It's for one. Yes. S-K-L-I-C-E is a lice medication. It's pretty expensive. You put it on hair. I bought some on Amazon last week. Uh, okay. Well, then... Um, is that you're, dumb? You're ahead of the game, I guess. Uh, is it ivermectin? I don't. I'm it's, looking. I for, bought ivermectin, and yeah, it is it's ivermectin for cattle. Yeah, I oh, just for cattle. yeah in case. Well, how much of a cow's what? dose do you take? How much what? Of the cow dose do you take? <laughs> well, I don't know. At that point, I guess I would go to a doctor, but it's uh, <laughs> but, liquid. You know, I, oh, I don't know why. Wait, is it a lotion that you bought, or is it a pill? No, it's a, a the kind of serum that you would inject. I'm not going to inject it. I just thought it would be inject? good to have if they lotion? run out and that's the miracle cure. Well, and I'm at the hospital I'm, and they say, oh, we have no more ivermectin. And I'm like, no, I have some. Well, it'll work, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> it'll work if you get crabs. So it's good to have. Oh, thanks, Sue. That's nice. Oh, it said it can be used in the mouth or on the skin. The problem with any of these medications, Plaquenil, Azithromycin, I mean, the others is, you know, they really haven't been vetted. We don't know if they help or harm. So we have to be really careful about just latching onto a medication that somebody said seemed to work for them. Speaking of medications, I want to go to random questions from the friends. We have a caller who wanted to know about Advil versus Tylenol. And now it's time for Random Questions from the Friends. They've called our hotline and they want answers. Hey, this is Marla from Miami. Uh, first, I want to say love the podcast, love the, uh, the humor and the information. So thank you, guys. My question is, I've heard a lot of um, information or um, theories about not taking Advil and only taking Tylenol. And I didn't know if that was after you contract the virus, don't take Advil, or you shouldn't take Advil now. So what's the real deal on this uh, issue? Thanks. There was an early report from France in a small number of patients that people on Advil and other non-steroidal anti-inflammatories did not do as well. And now we think that that's not generalizable. And now we're telling people to either take Advil or Tylenol for their fever and their symptoms. So it doesn't matter anymore. We don't anymore. think it's a negative thing. We think it's okay to take Advil. The WHO also said that Advil was okay. It was attributed to somebody at the WHO, and then they couldn't find who it was attributed to. It just seemed like, you know, a, a game of telephone where the message just got missed. Okay, um, this whole late. coronavirus thing is like a game of telephone. Good point. It is. Um, but you. anyway, I don't. The recommendation is probably more Tylenol for fever. But right now, I don't believe there's a prohibition against Advil. 
We have another caller who wanted to know about zinc, vitamin C, and melatonin. Hi, I've been really enjoying your podcast. Thanks for helping um, inform us and pass the time with um, a little laughter. So I have a question about supplements. Um, in particular, things like zinc, vitamin C, melatonin, uh, but especially zinc. Um, we've been hearing take things, don't take supplements. Would you recommend it? And if so, uh, what dosage? Like 50 milligrams a day of zinc? Thank you. What do you guys think about that, uh, taking supplements to ward off coronavirus? So there was an interesting post among a group of a large group of doctors, uh, and it asked whether people were in the group were taking anything like that to help prevent the the illness. A lot of them were taking zinc, vitamin D, and vitamin C, and many of them melatonin. I can tell you for myself, I take vitamin D. I never got around to getting any vitamin C, but I would take it if I had some. Uh, I'll give I, you some. Same thing with zinc. I would I take it if I had it. But I vitamin C. Oh, okay, yeah. send me some. And I am taking melatonin. If nothing else, I think it's helping me sleep better at night because it's it's hard to sleep with all this going on. There's a lot to worry about. Sue, this last question is right up your alley. Somebody asked about ventilators and whether ventilators were dangerous. I can play the message uh, if you want to hear it. It was strange. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Can you comment on um, the some doctors saying that ventilators may be hurting COVID-19 patients and um, what you think about that? Thank you. Bye-bye. It's a really good question. I mean, we don't want anyone on a ventilator who doesn't need to be on it. Ventilator makes the patient extremely dependent. They can't turn themselves. They almost always have to get some sedation. Uh, they can't eat for themselves. You have to feed them through a, through a tube in their nose or mouth into their stomach. Um, they, they become much higher maintenance in terms of the kind of care that they need. So if you can get away without putting someone on a ventilator, it's always better. People were thinking at the beginning that these patients get hypoxic so quickly that the trigger to put them on a ventilator should be early. They get and what so quickly? They, their oxygen levels get so low. They, they can't get enough oxygen. But now the, the pendulum is shifting for when they should be intubated. And now the thinking is wait a little bit longer and try some things like having them lie on their stomach or their side at home and use higher oxygen that people were a little bit afraid to use for different reasons, but now they're kind of swinging the other way that it might be better to keep them off a ventilator a little bit longer. I know at my hospital, um, a larger percentage of patients are on ventilators than I would have predicted at the start of this epidemic. And I don't know if Amy has the same observation, but I know in New York, they're saying, you know, try to keep them off a ventilator a little bit longer if you can. And then we can manage more patients. It's a lot easier to manage a patient off a ventilator than on a ventilator. What is it like to have a ventilator? Are, are the patients knocked out completely? It, go, it, it goes down their um, it's a, it's a It's a thin tube, um, bigger than a pencil, uh, smaller than a vacuum hose that goes into their trachea 
and it's hooked up to a machine that drives the air in and uses pressure to get the air into the lungs so or the oxygen but again they're almost always sedated and completely dependent they can't get up and go to the bathroom for example so it's um you know it's a double-edged sword you don't want the patient's oxygen to be too low but you don't want to make them dependent on a ventilator if you don't have to i want to do a sister roll call anyone have a great item they discovered or some sort of product they can't live without during corona time my family is doing a secret santa this oh, uh yeah. tell us yeah. about that uh -huh. this month so we're all getting gifts for each other so and then we're gonna have like an unboxing on zoom um just to kind of you know brighten each other's day nothing fancy but That's so sweet what yeah, do you do mail order the secret santa gift yeah, we're mail ordering the Secret Santa, and uh, nobody knows who has who except Katie, of course, who knows everything. And um, did Katie do your gift for you? Did she go out and buy your gift that you're giving? No, but I actually had to buy for Katie. It's a secret, so don't tell anyone. Okay, but, so what um, is it? Uh, it's a, well, she already knows because she put it in her Sephora bag, but um, <laughs> and then she checked it to see if I bought it. But it's a uh, <laughs> my kind of girl. Yeah, it's a curling wand. Her roommate told me it'd be a good gift because I think she always borrows the roommates. Lisa. A door. A door? Shutting the door. Shutting the door? Like shutting, shutting people out? Yes. So you're saying it's <laughs> stressful. Quarantine can be stressful. I guess it can so. Be. Well, I've been really into my robot vacuums. A lot of people are doing more of their housework that they used to do. Either they had a housekeeper or maybe they didn't have kids at home 24 seven and now they're dealing with the laundry and the vacuuming and everything. So I highly recommend the robot vacuums. I've gotten like five of my friends into them. Does the vacuum do stairs? No, that's why you need one upstairs and one downstairs. Are these the Roombas or um, a different model? Well, I have a Neato D7. I really want the Roomba i9 Plus because not only does it map your whole entire house and you can tell it exactly where to go, it will also empty itself. So you don't have to empty the, the stand where all the dirt is for about a month. Oh, does it make candles? No, that's a separate <laughs> thing. Are you guys making fun of me? Does it fuck your husband? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, are, you are making fun of me. Look, it's hard I, not having a housekeeper for some people. All right. Anyone got a silver lining? Yeah, I was going to add something else for this week, but I forgot what it was. It was probably about deer. Sue, silver lining? Uh, I think the silver lining this week is the curve really feels like it's flattening. It feels, I feel very reassured this week. Do you sleep better at night now? I do. I feel less frantic because it was just so much for a while. And now I just feel like I can breathe. Yeah, you were a little intense. No offense. <laughs> oh, I have a silver lining. My son turned 17 this week and his friends did a drive-by with signs. It was very cute. Had posters they made hanging out the car windows. That's oh so my cute. God. I didn't even wish him happy birthday. It just sailed right. Job came and went. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what my sisters are supposed to make sure. We did. Yeah, we texted we... you. Somewhere. You yeah. were at the hospital. Yeah. Oh. 
I had somebody shopping for my groceries and he sent a, a picture and he, you know, like, is this the right tortilla? And it was really nice. He was sending the picture, but his hands were all over the packaging in the area where you open the, the tortilla. Should Did I you think concerned? he was grabbing it without touching it? Yes, I didn't want to actually see. <laughs> he had like little tweezers that he used huh. to pick things up with that he, de- yeah. that he disinfected. But no, you don't know. he didn't it's even have gloves. It's a joke, but you don't know who touched it in the store. And you don't know who else is going to touch it when they ring it up. So it kind of doesn't matter. And the gloves are to protect him, not you. Yeah, just wash your hands after you touch the stuff. And it doesn't live forever, but it can live on surfaces, longer on different surfaces. Another game of telephone. It's like, well, it could, but we don't know. Just wash your hands. Exactly. (laughs) You could also open the bag, put the tortillas in a different bag, and then wash your hands. There you go. We're going to end every episode with a silver lining from one of our kids. Hello, this is Jake Matthews. Uh, my silver lining is um, that I am finally free of quarantine today. Tori, my wife, and I left New York two weeks ago uh, and have been holed up in a bathroom uh, and bedroom for uh, for 14 days. And today is day 14, and we are finally free. Uh, I'd also like to say that I'm so grateful to have a mom and three aunts that have gotten together to uh, inform the world about everything we need to know right now. So uh, thank you guys for everything that you're doing and keep it up. That's so sweet. Yeah. They were literally uh, holed up in a bedroom and a bathroom for two weeks. They were bringing, the in-laws were bringing their meals and uh, they could go out, but, you know, just to kind of walk around the neighborhood. Sue, when do you think Jake will be going back to New York? I think it's probably going to be the middle of June. He thinks it's going to be sooner, but I don't think so. Is there sort of a thing where parents aren't really telling their kids how long this could be? I don't know if it's official, but I think it's no school till fall. Yeah, no, school would be a terrible idea because the kids will be asymptomatic carriers. They'll get their teachers sick. It'll be horrible. Yeah, I think everyone realizes they can't. They can't go back, but they haven't officially called it yet. Do you think they'll really be back in the fall, though, in, in late August, September? I kind of I, I do. I do. Yeah. I'm in Wuhan 10 weeks. So we'll see. But they're Aren't saying people, they're having a second. They're starting to get a second wave there. We'll yeah. see. Watch, watch Wuhan and see what's happening. If they shut down again, then it wasn't long enough. Yeah, I have a feeling... Yeah, I mean, this is this is where we've been so lucky in California um, and in the U.S. I mean, we got to see what happened in Wuhan. Then we got to see what happened in Italy. Then we got to see what happened in New York. And all that gave us more time to get prepared. And in my state, we did a really good shelter-at-home order. You know, I would say it's working, but, um, you know, we've got to keep doing it. All right, we'll see you next week. Okay. Thanks for listening. If you have a question for the four sisters, call 786-474-6040 and leave them a message. You can now find the Four Sisters podcast on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe and check out their website, foursisters.com. Use the letters or the numbers. It's your call, sisterhood. Stay safe, everybody.